as you know, um, there are some things happening uh, throughout the throughout the nations of the earth geopolitically, and and there are uh, crazy burning fires across the continent, also country of Australia, and there are people in this very church and city that have uh, that are under attack, that have been under attack uh, physically and emotionally. And so what we're going to do is, before we go any further, we're going to agree that the Father sees and knows. But you know, the Father uh, trusts us as His family to declare a thing. And if we if we release if we release healing in the earth, then it'll be released in the heavens. The, the Bible says, "Whatsoever things you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatsoever things you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." In the name of Jesus, right now we loose rain across the continent of. Australia. Father, we release rain upon those fires in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask right now and declare that those that are in government, Father, here and, and in the Middle East and other nations of the earth, Father, that your spirit would speak. They would hear your voice and hear, and hear the voice calling for peace. I declare that to be so in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for peace. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't come to take sides, but you're here to take over. So we declare the holiness of God. We declare the peace of God. The King of Peace and the Prince of Peace speaks to the leaders of the free world and the leaders of, of, of the Middle East and say it's time for peace, it's not time for war. We speak to sickness that has attacked your body. We speak, to, uh, we speak to the sickness that it has to go. We call for the virtue of the risen Christ to come into each and every body that has been under attack, Father. We, we speak to broken relationships. We speak reconciliation, restitution, restoration, Father. We declare it so. From the beginning of the year all the way through, we go ahead and declare we're going to walk into restoration. We will walk in reconciliation. We will walk in health. We will walk, walk in divine life. In the name of Jesus, we declare it to be so now, Father, we create our paths with our words. And right now, Father, we cut down the trees that stand in the way of us walking into fullness this year with our prophetic words. And now we're going to walk through the words that we declare in Jesus' name. Somebody say, well, that prophecy didn't come true. Let me tell you something about prophecy. Prophecy is not a guaranteed thing. Here's what prophecy does. If you walk out to that back, the woods back there and you see those big trees, a prophetic word will cut down the trees and give you a path to walk. But if you don't walk the path and the prophecy don't come the fast, you're, what, you're the one that's at fault, not the prophecy. Stop blaming the prophecy if you didn't walk in what God told you to do. If the Lord gave you a prophetic word that you're going to touch the nations with music and you never even called a music studio, the problem is yours, not his. If the prophetic word says you're going to open and, and run a, a successful business and you don't try to open and run for a successful business, the word, the prophecy was not wrong. You didn't walk in the prophecy. Prophetic word does not make something come to pass. It gives you a path whereby you can walk out the calling in the word of God. So stop blaming God when the prophecy don't come to pass. What are you doing and what have you done with the word that God gave you? Because you haven't done anything with it, stop begging for a new word. Go back and, 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 go back and start uh, watering those old seeds and believe God to bring back those old things. If he gave you a word already, walk in the word he already gave you. Well, that's a good chance for you to say amen because it's the truth anyhow. You believe for restoration, reach out. To, you want reconciliation, reach out to the person you've got a problem with and cause it to happen. Well, God said he was going to bring my family back together. Have you called him? No. Well, the problem's yours, not God's. Time to grow up. Time to grow up. Time to grow up. We're going to grow up in 2020. We're going to grow up. There's way too much at stake. There's, the nations need to be touched. We can't touch the nations when our own yard's going to hell and back. Not trying to be corrective, just trying to follow the Spirit, but I'm just telling you. We, and I believe the, 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 the Bible says to ask for the nations, and we ask for the nations. But God ain't going to give you the nations if he can't trust you to talk to your husband when you get home. 
Bishop Charles Johnson looked at me as a young man, as 20 years old, being in his second marriage that was almost broken, and said, "Don't." He said, "Do this for me," because I stood up in front of 10 and 20,000 people and preached and watched many people come and watched the miraculous and thought it was the most wonderful thing, and it was. And he said, "Don't you dare go and win the world and let your own family die and go to hell." His exact words. And going to hell can happen right here. I'm not talking about some afterlife thing. There's a whole lot of families going through hell right now. And our job is to bring kingdom to the earth right now so those that are experiencing hell can also get a taste and a glimpse of heaven. The Lord wants you to love your husband. The Lord wants you to love your wife. The Lord wants you to reconcile with your children. The Lord wants you to reconcile with your parents. In fact, not only does he want it, the Bible says that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. It is our responsibility to reconcile. That doesn't mean that you see eye to eye on everything. No one sees eye to eye on everything. The problem is if you're always looking to see eye to eye and you're looking through your eyes instead of his eyes, you're wrong. There's always three sides to every story. There's your side, there's their side, and then there's the truth. And if you'll let go of your side and say, Lord, Father, when Joshua was out on the war field thinking he was doing God's work, and the angel of the Lord came to Joshua, and he, Joshua says, wait a minute, who are you for? Are you for them or are you for us? That's what I hear in the, nation, in the United States today. Is the Lord for them or is he for us? And people that don't know better says, well, God's on the United States' side. He hates people. No, he doesn't hate people. Now don't get up and leave yet. God loves everybody. Who's he for? Is he for us or, he, or is he for them? When we're in an argument with our family, well, God's on my side. Is he? Maybe you ought to step back and say, whose side are you on? And you'll hear the voice of the angel of the Lord saying, I'm not here to take sides. I'm here. I am the angel of the Lord. I'm here to take over. You can take my side, but I didn't come to take your side. And what we try to do is we try to bend God to our political ideas. We try to bend God to our argumental ideas. We try to bend God and say, well, God said this or God said that. Or the Bible says this or the Bible says What does God actually say? Maybe instead of trying to bend him to our will, we should bend our knee to his will. And his will is for perfect restoration and reconciliation. His will is for unity, not just across this country, but across the nations of the earth. Easy to talk a big talk until you see people bleeding to death. Easy to talk a big talk. I mean, I mean, I've never seen a parent or a child that was mad at their parent and their parent dies and they still stay mad at them. At some point, they're going to wish to God they had made things right. Reconciliation, restitution, restoration. This year can be that, but it takes, act, it takes action. It does not just happen. If there's one thing I've learned in 22 years of preaching ministry, things don't just poof and they don't just happen. You have got to activate what God gives you. And if he gives you a word, activate it. If you hear a word from the Lord, you have to act on it. <coughs> Period. When the Lord looked at the man with the withered hand and said, would you be made whole? If that man had said no and not acted, then he would have stayed withered. But he reached up and stretched. He did something he couldn't do based on the word that God gave him. And then he received something that changed his life forever. Activate what God tells you to do. If he's telling you to bring reconciliation, put your attitude away. Put your I need to be right away. Forget all that mess and say it's more important that we make it right than I get to be right. Well, you don't know what she did to me, and I don't care, and God don't care either. Go make it right. Charles Young, I mean, uh, Kelly Varner said in our church one time, he said, do you want to walk in perfect peace all the time? And everybody said, yeah. He said, I can tell you how to do it. Forgive everybody of everything all the time. 
how revolutionary. Forgive everybody of everything. And let me tell you something. For, for those that follow the, the stupidity that says, you don't forgive them for them, you forgive them for you. They're, that is the stupidest thing that could ever be said. Forgiveness does not have ulterior motives. You don't forgive them for you. You forgive them for them. The byproduct of forgiving them is you're free. But if you say, well, I forgive them so I can be free. I don't care about them. That's not forgiveness. That's stupidity and immaturity. God didn't, God forgave because he loved us, not because as an ulterior motive. God forgave because he loved us. We needed the forgiveness. He didn't. When you forgive somebody, you don't do it so you can be free. You do it to let them be free. That's what true forgiveness does. True forgiveness can stand in a place and know you've been wrong and love anyways. Jesus said this. It's revolutionary. He said anybody that loves them, that, love, that, or that, that loves those that love them, that's easy to do. Can you love your enemies? Can you pray for them that do bad to you? Believe me, I'm walking in it. It ain't the easy thing to do because the flesh wants to rise up and, you know, and, you know, <laughs> juggle some jaws. That's what the flesh wants to do. But the spirit rises up and said, no, you can't do that. I don't know why the Lord's hitting reconciliation so hard, but apparently it's something he wants to talk about. Lord, I just, I just ask that you. It's like, those, uh, it's like those Miss America pageants. I just ask for world peace. Well, what are you doing to bring world peace? Is it just something you say or are you doing something? I ask for world peace and you go home and your family fights and your sons are fighting and you're yelling at your husband and your husband's yelling at you and you call your mom and cuss her out. That ain't, that ain't calling for world peace. That's called dumb. Reconciliation. 2020 could be the greatest year of your life, but you've got to do something. Let go of those that, let go of, of holding on to. Look, here's what happened. When you hold on to things where people have wronged you, before long it just weighs you down. Talk, take it from somebody who knows. When you hold on to that hurt and you hold on to that pain, and th then before long what you do is you begin to identify yourself based on your pain and your struggle instead of your identity, which is a son and daughter of God. Instead, you should let that pain go. It doesn't make it right that they've done it. That's not what I'm saying. God can deal with it in his own time. But here's what you say. I refuse to allow myself to be divided on cultural issues, political issues. I, I, I refuse to be divided at all. Because the enemy even knows the kingdom divided against itself can't stand. A kingdom divided against itself can't stand. A family divided against itself can't stand. A church divided against itself can't stand. The Lord spoke to me very clearly, very clearly, actually very recently, and said, there's some that I'm moving because they refuse to walk in unity. doesn't mean God doesn't love them. It just means you go put them somewhere else. You know what I said? Lord, the sooner the better. You know, tell you what else he told me? For everyone that leaves, I'm going to bring ten back that will walk in unity. That will stop criticizing every little thing. They don't do anything themselves, but they're going to criticize every little thing you do as if they've done some great and mighty holy thing for God. That's okay. God loves them. But love them from, you know, God, you love them wherever you want to love them. But God is looking for a body that will walk in unity. Look around you. There are some of them that ain't here today because all they do is talk about and criticize and put down, well, if it was mine, I would do this. and it was mine. Well, that's why it's not yours. It's his. I would rather have 150 with the moving of the Spirit than 1,500 because I instituted your programs and never feel the Spirit of God. Make sure that's on the podcast and make sure to highlight that when I want everybody to read it.
this church, as long as I have anything to do with the leadership here, we will follow the moving of the Holy Spirit. And if that means we have 150 for the rest, it's not my job to build the church. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Acts 2, when Peter gets up and preaches, the Bible says, and the Lord added daily to the church, such as should be added. It ain't my job to add people to the church. It's my job to preach the unadulterated gospel of the kingdom. And I can promise you, as long as I'm in this place, that's what's going to happen. Amen. Amen. Boy, as an old prophet you say, it's tight, but it's right. 2020 is going to be an unbelievable, wonderful year. I'm telling you, you have not seen, I have not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it even entered into the heart of man the things that the Father has prepared for those that will look forward in 2020 and let go of those things that are behind and reach for, for what he has prepared. I said last week, 2020 is, is full of opportunity, full of, it's not because it's 2020, but it's a good time for us to reflect and let go of some things and a good time to look forward and say, I believe this is the year that God's going to do everything. And the reason he's going to do it because I'm, I'm going to get to moving. I'm going to get to stepping and doing what he called me to do. Amen. Amen. So if you need to be reconciled, reconcile. If you're waiting for them to call you first, stop waiting. Begin moving. Begin speaking, begin declaring. The reach, Matthew, the reach for the, not just Fifth Street Ministries, but for those that are less fortunate and homeless, uh, it's going to be so great. There's no way you and Robin, three or four, are going to be able to maintain it. So we'll have to have set up a meeting pretty soon because it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow a lot quicker than you think it will. It's wonderful that you guys have taken that upon yourselves to do that. See, it's never been the job of one or two people to do everything. We as a body are going to do all of this. Uh, but it, you're to be commended for that. But I'm just telling you, in 2020, it's going to grow so much. That one little room in there won't, won't hardly hold what you guys are going to have to do. That's what he said yesterday? Well, here's your confirmation then. A whole lot more where that comes from. Amen. Amen. Children's Church and Nursery, you guys can go on back to the back. He said, bye, bro. <laughs> While they walk them back, turn to the person beside you. I don't make you do this very often. And say, 2020 is going to be the best year of your life. <coughs> now turn to them again and say, it's also going to be the best year of my life. Come on, say it. 2020 is also going to be the best year of my life. Come on, say it. 2020 is going to be the best year of my life. Today I'm going to talk to you from this subject. This is that, and my subtitle is, But God. Somebody say, But God. <laughs> You're going to like this one today. It's going to change your life. But God. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, that's, this is the New American Standard. I like the King James rendering better. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all together in one place, and suddenly, somebody say suddenly, there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And that, now let me give you some, let me give you just a little bit of context. This is, this is 50 days after Jesus is raised from the dead, right? This is 10 days after Jesus has ascended into heaven, right? 
And here's what he tells them. He says, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And they said, what's it going to look like? And Jesus basically said, you'll know when it gets there. Just wait for it. In, in fact, you should be expecting some. So 500 of Jesus' closest followers go up into an upper room and they're waiting. You know what happened to 380 of them? They're like, man, this is getting old. I'm done with this. This is not the program I signed up for. If we do it this way, we may only whittle down to 120. And that's exactly what happened. But those 120 said, don't matter what they, I'm going to stay here and wait for the promise of the Father. I'm going to stay here and wait for the promise. Pentecost. Penta means five. 50. It's 50 days from the resurrection and 10 days from the ascension of Jesus. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to take the spirit that was inside of him in just his body. And the Father gives him the, the fullness of the spirit and he releases it upon his church. And this is what's happening. And they were all filled, oh, I'm sorry. And suddenly there came from, a noise, uh, from, from heaven a noise like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Lord, let us be like the early church that every single one of them were filled. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing this, them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished and said, Why are all these, uh, are, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? I want to I say this one more time, Matt. I just got to hit this because the Lord said to hit it real, real quick. And this sound occurred. The crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. In 2020, there are certain people whose language you know how to speak and they're going to hear what you have to say and they may not hear it from me. Gee, in 2020, there are people that are only going to hear the voice of God come through your voice because you know how to speak their language. They each heard in their own language. Not just a foreign language, but there are languages in Statesville that I might not be received in and be able to speak, but you can, and you can, and you can, and you can. Where is the sphere of influence that God has given and signed you? Because they're going to hear in their own language. Amen. Now they were, I'm sorry, and so they were amazed and astonished saying, why are they... Are these not all that are speaking Galileans? How is it that we each hear them in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, blah, 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 blah. We hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying one to another, what does this mean? But others were mocking, saying, they're full of sweet wine. Here's what I say to you, get you a big glass. This is the new wine because you're a new wineskin. Bang. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by Joel the prophet, and in the last days, Peter stood 2,000 years ago and declared those were the last days. 
Why did he declare those were the last days? Because the old covenant was being rolled up like a scroll and Jesus by the spirit being shed on his church had just instituted a new covenant, a new testament by which we would all be included in his kingdom, not just Jews, but Jews and Gentiles. And not just Jews and Gentiles, but now there is neither therefore not Jew nor Gentile, not Greek, not Hebrew. There is no division. No male, no female. We're all one in Christ. He said, that's why this was the last days. We're not living in the last days. You're living in the day of our Lord. If you don't believe it, look up what A.D. means. You're not living in the last days. If you think that President Trump having this, this guy over in Iran bombing is a sign of the last days, it's not. Peter was talking in the last days. You're living in a new day. And what's happened is the enemy has duped us to believe that we're living in last days so that we're looking to the sky for some sort of a rescue mechanism to happen so we can get the heck out of here. And, but the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Jesus said, pray this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Do you think in heaven people are getting bombed and people are being destroyed? And no, they're not being. In heaven, all things are done. In heaven, all things are, my God. You're not living in the last days. You're living in a new day. Well, that's not what I've heard before. I know that's probably why God has you here so you can hear it. You're not living in the last days. That last day mentality creates fear. And an escapist mentality in the sons and daughters of God. And, and you'll never find, ever, 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 throughout all of Scripture, you'll never find the armies of God taking flight afraid. Get us out of here. No. What did the angel of the Lord say to Joshua? I didn't come to, I come to take over. In the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. How much flesh? And your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in the last days pour forth of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it did come. We, they looked it. Peter lived in the great and glorious day of the Lord. Do y'all remember when the sun was turned into darkness? In case you don't remember, turn back over a few chapters. When Jesus hung on the cross and the Bible says the sun had to pull his shade. Literally, the sun didn't shine. There was darkness upon the earth. You remember, that's, that's the way the King James said. There was darkness upon the earth. The old black minister used to say it this way. When Jesus was on the cross, the sun had to pull his shades because two suns couldn't shine at the same time. Daddy loved to preach that one. I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth beneath. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus of Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know, this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death, but God. Say with me, but God. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. But God. Somebody say with me, but God. What a time we're living in. We're walking into a promise fulfilled. In fact, we've come into a season of acceleration. 
When we are all going to see the manifestation of long-kept promises, deeply held dreams, and God-given visions. You better listen to me. Just look around. It's the Lord who has done this. None can stand before him. He brings his promises to pass. Right here in Acts chapter 2, Peter stands up and gives his inaugural sermon. First time he ever preached. And he says, men of Israel... These men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is what was spoken by the prophet. He was saying, as I'm saying today, you are watching the unfolding of a long-held promise that started as a prophetic word and was inspired by God himself. The prophetic word Joel gave the words that we have received are from the same source. The prophetic word that Joel gave, that Peter declared, and the prophetic word that you receive this morning are from the exact same source. The same voice that spoke light into being is speaking and releasing his glory in Statesville. And the promise is only as good as the promiser. It is the Lord who does this. We don't always know the time or the seasons that the Lord has kept in his own plans. But you can discern what is happening before it happens. A suddenly, though, is just that. In a moment, everything changes. In a moment, no's that were not yet's become yeses. In a moment, prophetic utterances that took root as promises begin to break through the soil, and that which was invisible becomes seen and celebrated. This is that he has brought us into our own land, a land flowing with life-giving milk and sweet, satisfying honey. This is that which was spoken. As a matter of fact, everything that is started with the word that was spoken. This is the nature of the manifesting of the kingdom on earth. The seed is the word so that what has been spoken to you by God himself or someone else is inspired by God. What dream have you been given? What dream have you held on to that is not manifested? We read from Acts 2, 23 and 24, that Jesus was delivered by and put to death by godless men. I'm going to read the Message Bible. Fellow Israelites, listen carefully to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man thoroughly accredited by God unto you. The miracles and the wonders and the signs that God did through him are common knowledge. This Jesus, following the deliberate and well-thought-out plan of God, was betrayed by men who took the law into their own hands and was handed over to you, and you pinned him to a cross and killed him but God somebody say but God but God untied the death ropes and raised him up because death was no match for him David said it all but God untied the death ropes we could stop right there with the phrase but God death thought it had victory over Jesus but God the enemy said he would stay dead but God what a powerful statement but God but is a conjunction word and it's used to contrast something that was with something that is going to be when Jesus when the Bible says but God something that was was death but the thing that was going to be was resurrection life but God so although death is mentioned but God assures us that life will spring forth but God means anything before is null and void anything before the but God is null and void you might have come in sick today but God you will leave healthy today you might have come in broken today but God you're going to leave restored today is anybody else hearing but God they said we would never have our own place but God they said you weren't going to make it but God they said cancer was going to kill you but God they said you were going to lose your mind but God they said depression was going to kill you but God they said your best days were behind you but God they said you had missed your opportunity but God they pronounced the marriage dead but God all hell came against you 
Says you weren't going to walk another day in health. But God, they said you'd never walk again. But God, they said you weren't going to be restored to health. But God, they said you'd never walk in ministry. But God, they said they'd forget the name, Massey. But God, my God, don't get me started. The preacher's on me today. They said True Vine was a has-been church. But God. They said the anointed had departed. But God, they said the glory had left. But God, they said they'll never do anything. But God, but God, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he could be held by it. How in the world could the one that says, I am the resurrection and the life be held by the cords of death? But God, let the... Let every man be a lie and God be the truth. But God raised him up. God raised him up is the word, Greek, anastemi. And it literally means to stand up, to arise, to stand up again. When Jesus was laid and the Spirit of God filled that borrowed tomb, it obviously was borrowed because it wasn't going to be needed for very long. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you feel like you would be laid in a tomb. But don't get used to it. Don't get used to your surroundings because what was a tomb is going to become a womb and God's going to bring you up out of that place. My God, but God. Christ stood up again. You may have been knocked down, but God's going to make you stand up again. This is that. Stand up again. When Jesus was laid down, resurrection means to stand up again. I'm talking to somebody that's in a dead relationship. I'm talking to somebody that's in a dead-end job. I'm talking to somebody that's in, my God, he's going to make you stand up again. He is the resurrection. The enemy may have delivered his best punch, but somebody stand back up. You may have been wrapped in grave clothes, but somebody stand back up. Lazarus had been dead for four days, but he stood back up. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Somebody stand back up. Let them wrap you in grave clothes. It don't matter at the voice. When Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, he had to say, Lazarus, come forth, because the voice of resurrection, if he had said, come forth, every dead thing that had ever died would have come forth. But this morning, he's not just saying, Lazarus, come forth. I hear the Spirit speaking again. He's saying, come forth, come forth, every dead thing, come forth. My God have mercy. I look into a tomb and I see a dead body, but God. I look into a marriage and I see a husband walking away, but God. I look into relationships and I see broken hearts, but God. But God. Somebody stand back up again. Somebody's going to hear the voice and stand back up again. Not by your own power. Lazarus had nothing to do. But when the voice of the king came and said, Lazarus, come forth. He that was dead came forth wrapped and bound in grave clothes. And then the Lord spoke to the church. It's our job. He spoke to the church. He said, take those stinking grave clothes off of him. 
Ain't enough to stand back up. Ain't enough to get up again. Take those stinking grave clothes that you've been wrapped in. Lay them to the side and walk in the beautiful fragrance of the lily of the valley. But God. They said those, those, said those deep wounds would never heal. But God. They said your best years are behind you. But God. But God. But God. There's a wind blowing in this place and it's blowing counterclockwise. I just need to speak for a minute. If it blows your mind, let it blow your mind, but let your heart hear it. It's blowing counterclockwise because God's going to bring some things back around by way of his faithfulness. You thought your best days were behind you. But the Spirit of God blows in this place counterclockwise. I've seen it since I sang that last song. He'll do it again. Didn't know what he was trying to show me. But he said, I'm going to bring it back around again. God always will revisit you by way of his faithfulness. Because even though we blow our part, God's too faithful to blow his. But God. Lord, I'm too old. But God. So was Sarah. Sarah was way too old, but God made her so beautiful. She was attractive to Abraham again, was able to get her menstrual cycle again, and produced a baby at 90 years old. Don't tell me that God can't do it. Don't tell me you come too late to tell me. The miracle ain't just that she had Isaac. The miracle was that Abraham found her attractive again. Amen. Whatever husband just said amen, you better watch. You better watch. But God, but God, Lord, I feel like I take two steps, one step forward and two steps back, but God, keep taking the one step forward, one one small step with God is worth a thousand steps backwards with man, come on, just go ahead and keep on stepping, keep on stepping, keep on believing, don't stop, just keep on moving, keep on walking, keep your feet going. Keep moving, but God, but God, but God, I see, I see cords being broken. I see grave clothes coming off. I'm telling you what I see prophetic. I'm telling you, I'm not just saying it. I have no reason to try to pump you up. Could care less whether you think I'm a great preacher or not, but I'm telling you prophetically, I see grave clothes coming off. I see chains snapping. I see cords snapping, but God, they said you'd never walk into the fullness of your destiny, but God. Take it for what it's worth, but God. We'll read this one more time. The enemy may have delivered his best punch, but stand back up. You may have been wrapped in grave clothes, but stand back up. Lazarus had been dead four days, but he stood back up. Jesus is the resurrection in life, and he's here, so stand back up. 2019 may have beat you into a bloody oblivion, but in 2020, you're going to stand back up. Come on, somebody. I said 2019 might have been the worst year of your life, but in 2020, you're going to stand back up. You're going to stand back up. You're going to stand back up. You will stand back up. The enemy gave it his best shot. You should have killed me when you had the chance, but even though you might have slain me, I know that I'm going to stand back up because God's going to return to me by way of his faithfulness. He's going to return vitality. He's going to return the days of my youth. He's going to return my health back to me. Health is going to spring upon me speedily. Kings will come to your rising. 
Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Don't sweat it. It don't matter whether he's got to bring a, a raven or wise men from a different country. They're going to come and they'll drop what they need to drop at the appropriate time. Lord, how are you going to do it? Don't worry about how he's going to do it. Just know he's going to do it. If you try to figure it out right here logically, everything that God does is completely illogical. It's not logical for a 90-year-old to have a baby. It's less logical for a 100-year-old man to be attracted to that 90-year-old woman. Not only attracted, his body had to be turned back too so he could produce. And some of you feel like you're beyond your time. But God. It's a simple message this morning. But God. But God, subtitle, stand back up. But God, subtitle, stand back up. But God, stand back up. But God, stand back up. But God, Jesus said a righteous man will fall seven times, but he'll stand back up. Why does he stand back up? Because he's full of the spirit of resurrection. You can't keep a son of a daughter of God down. He'll stand back up. But Lord, I messed up. The Father's saying, stand back up. The resurrection life that I've given you, it's inside of you. Stand back up. Stand back up. 2019 beat some of you into a bloody oblivion. In 2020, you're going to stand back up. And when you stand up, everybody in your sphere of influence is going to be changed. When you stand back, let me tell you something. When Jesus come out of that tomb, let me tell you a couple of things happened. Not only did he get out of the tomb, not only did he walk out. By the way, he is the door. The stone wasn't rolled away for Jesus to get out. The stone was rolled away for the disciples to look in and see there ain't nothing left in that dirty tomb. But not only did that happen, the Bible says the soldiers that were sent there to guard the tomb so he couldn't come out, they froze. Literally froze and they were as dead men. And in 2020, those things that have kept you at bay, those things that have guarded your heart from walking on into the next, they're going to be as dead men because they will not be able to stand in the power of the resurrection that's going to come from you. In 2020, stand back up. In 2020, stand back up. In 2020, stand back up. But God. But God, Jesus being delivered by the predetermined counsel and foreknowledge of God and wicked men crucified him and laid in a tomb. But God had raised him up. Why did he raise him up? The Bible says clearly, Acts 2.24, because it was not even possible that death could hold him. You thought death could hold It's impossible. It is impossible, for it, it, in the same way that it was impossible for Jesus to be held by death, if you ever see who you really are and hear the voice of the Father calling, it will be impossible for any dead thing to hold you. Stand back up. Stand back up. You might hear it as a roaring line. I saw, I came here and laid right there last night on my face and prayed before the Lord. And then this morning for about an hour, about 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock this morning, I laid on my floor in my living room for about an hour. And about 30 minutes in, I looked on my floor and there was a face of a lion right inside my face as I wept on the floor. And the Lord said, 2020, you're going to hear lions roaring again. <laughs> Those wounded lions, they're going to hear them roaring again. 
Take it for what it's worth, but I'm looking at a whole bunch of lions that have been wounded, but you're not past your time. You're not past your greatest day. You're going to begin to roar again. You're going to be open your mouth, and when you roar, the, the ground around you is going to begin to shake. Demons are going to begin to be afraid of you. When you roar, when you open your mouth and declare, why? Because he thought he left you for dead, but God. I saw the face of a lion. And I didn't see a mane, which tells me one of two things. It was probably a young lion and possibly females. Specifically in 2020, God is going to speak to young lions and he's going to speak to females. He's going to speak to males too. But, th but I think what he was trying to tell me is the roaring is not just going to come from the mature Christians. It's going to come from even the little bitty ones. And it's going to come from those who have been marginalized by society and marginalized by the church. Let John MacArthur be alive because God's the truth. God can speak through a woman and he does. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry, except I'm not sorry. And sometimes some real prophet's got to stand up and tell the ones that are false prophets to shut up. If you think a woman can't preach in church, you need to shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. There are prophets and there are prophets. I just said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. There you go. If you want to know what women keep in silence in the church is, then come see me. And I'll tell you not only what it means, but the context in which that was spoken. And if you believe that a woman can't preach after that, then you're just dumb. Make sure that stays on the podcast. But God, I saw, female, I saw, the, fa I saw the heads of female and young lions, and I hear them roaring again. Did you know that the roar of a lion can be heard some five miles away? Five miles away. I see a bunch of Simbas. <laughs> I see a bunch of Simbas coming back to take, to take what's rightfully theirs. I, hear, I see some. I'm looking in the face of Simbas that's hearing the voice of the Father saying, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. I look at Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah that was slain, laid in the tomb, and I hear the voice of the Father speaking to him, remember who you are. And suddenly the voice of resurrection causes the dead son to raise up again. Remember who you are. John Michael, but God. Enemy thought he's going to take your daddy out, but God. By the way, Mike Jenkins is at home. Spent the last week and a half in ICU. He's at home. Kidneys not functioning. I ain't trying to take his testimony. Kidneys zero function. Functioning just fine. They said, I guess it was a blood pressure thing. Go home. You know why? But God. But God. Amen. 2020 is your year. William, come play some on these keys. 2020, lions are beginning to roar again. <clears throat> 2020, you're going to stand back up. 2020, you're going to stand back up. I said 2020, resurrection life is going to walk before you, and grace and mercy are going to walk behind you, and everywhere you go, you're going to drop with the glory of God. Why? You thought your best days were behind you, but God. <clears throat> okay, Lord, I'll read it again. Listen to this. But is a conjunction word used to contrast something that has already been with something that's coming. So although death is mentioned, but God assures us that life is going to spring forth again. <laughs> but God means anything before the but God is null and void. But God means when he comes, all that was 
is done away with. They said we would never have our own place, but God. They said you weren't going to make it to today, but God. They said cancer and sickness was going to kill you, but God. They said you were going to lose your mind, but God. They said depression was going to overtake your mind, but God. They said your best days were behind you. They said you made a mistake not once but twice. The Lord is saying, but God, trust me. You trust me? Not me. You trust him? You haven't made mistakes. And you still have a husband. And his name is Jesus. And he'll never walk out. He'll never leave you. He'll never take advantage of you. He'll never make you believe something about yourself that's not who you really are. In 2020, you're going to stand back up again. Hug her, Sarah. <laughs> Love on her. Speaking of stand back up again. Speaking of stand back up again, look at Miss Laura. I told you in 2019, I said you'd be the most blessed man in our church. Do you remember me saying it? I told you people would call you the most blessed man in our church. Do you know something I didn't know then that I see now? Do you know what makes you one of the most blessed men in our church? Having that woman as your wife. The most blessed man in the church may or may not mean perfect healing and restoration. Maybe it does, and I believe for that. But the most blessed man in our church means you got a woman that refuses to quit. You got a, you're so full of resurrection that I feel it when I come near you. There are very few people that can go through the death that you've had to face again and again and again and again and get up and say, look what God did. I'm going to dance on my prosthetic. That, that to me speaks of life. You're still the most blessed man. God didn't miss it then and he ain't missing it now. And God can bring you a kidney or he can heal yours, but it's going to happen for you. This is your year. You're going to stand back up again. for anything and not only are they going to see it everybody at your workplace is going to see it everybody in the news media is going to see it they're going to know that is a woman after God's own heart that is a woman that lives with the favor of God 2019 might have beat you down but so help me God if I'm a man of God in 2020 you're going to stand back up again you're going to stand back up again says to you, you're going to stand back up again. I don't know how it's going to happen. You're not supposed to know how. You're just going to have to trust his faithfulness. Two words, but God, when the enemy says it won't happen, you say, but God, but God. You always come back around by his faithfulness. God, in the move of God, in the working of God, listen to me, it's cyclical. You might miss him one time, but that's okay. Just stay where you are because by his faithfulness, he will come back around again.
but God, this was this was an ordained thing for you to be out of that house. You're gonna walk not just you're not just moving into a new house. You're gonna move in a new dimension in the spirit. You're gonna write songs that are gonna be written. You're gonna hear songs from heaven. You're gonna write them and transcribe them into English, and you're gonna sing them in the earth. And when you sing them, the same heavenly host that sings them in heaven is gonna sing through your voice and be heard in the earth. And and I, I see I see people being healed from sickness. Uh, Becky, you need to be up here with her. I see you being healed from. I see people being healed from sickness. I see pe- marriages coming back together. I see people not even knowing there were issues and darkness leaving. As you guys write songs going to have to get together just make make girl dates or whatever it is that y'all do uh, write songs together because this area needs to hear songs indigenous to this area so that the heavens above this area are opened up and so that we receive the blessing upon this area so get to writing get to writing let that house be sanctified let it be a, a place that basement let it be a place of writing a place of music and a place of uh, where, where I'm going to cause ordination to come forth the Lord says make sure you're writing William you need to be writing too I know you are, but stop writing and keeping it hidden. It's it's time for you to be heard. When uh, I'm going to echo something that Kelly Varner said to us years ago, and it, it was true. It's probably more true now. So you might want to hear this. He said, what if I told you that your greatest challenge and struggle, challenge is probably the best word in the next five years, is going to be able to muster enough faith to receive all the blessing that God wants to give you. Who said woohoo? Double portion for you. You got it. In the next five years, your greatest challenge is not going to be to get God to answer some long awaited prayer. Your greatest challenge will be able to, to be able to receive all the blessing that God wants to pour out in your life. In fact, it's going to come upon you and you're going to have to find ways to redistribute it because you will not be able to hold it in to yourself. I'm talking about wisdom. I'm talking about health. A lot of you worried about money. Stop praying for money and ask God for wisdom. Money is attracted to wisdom that the hard way <laughs> you can get a, you can get a million dollars and be broke in a year if you don't have wisdom but you can have wisdom and somebody give you one seed and you'll become a millionaire on wisdom God's going to give you wisdom God's going to give you favor and God's going to bring clarity wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you wrote these things down because it's true in the next five years that your greatest challenge in the kingdom is going to be to muster enough faith to receive all the blessing God wants to bring. Amen. Amen. We used to say dumb things before we learned it's not true. The anointing's lifting. No, the anointing doesn't lift. The anointing's here to stay. You can either engage or not engage it, but there is no such thing as an anointing lifting. He's here. The anointing stays where the anointed one is, and he ain't going nowhere. In fact, he promised, I'll go with you always. I'll be with you to the end of the ages. But some of you need to engage this morning. Some of you heard something that I said and it struck a chord in your spirit. You said in your mind, that's me. 
That's me. If that's you, you need to be down here. Not because you're coming to get right with God, but because you're coming to engage in spirit. Engage is anointing. Look, be, stay there if you want. You can. But like the one with the issue of blood, she wasn't waiting for God to get to her. She was getting to God. Some of you need to engage this morning. If you need to engage, let's come do it right now. Don't wait. No sense wait. Why would you wait? Why would you wait when you can engage his presence right now and the issue would no longer be an issue? Well, I'm all good. Well, maybe God's put somebody else on your heart. Maybe you can engage on their behalf. In 2020, there's going to be a whole lot more of this ministry time around the altar than we've had before. There's not going to be any cold cut to the preach. There's just going to be ministry time. We're just going to leave it open and let God do what he wants to do. Grab that baby so he can do his thing. They said it was all over, but God. Well, I've heard this before and I lost I lost faith. That's okay. That's okay. You only need a faith as of the grain of a mustard seed that's all you need just a glimmer just a, just a glimmer of faith doesn't take great faith to do great things just takes faith engage him this morning and as you're up here listen to me you are not begging God to do something you're simply receiving what he's already provided for you but God you come up here in grave clothes when you walk away you better not have those grave clothes on well what does that mean that means anything from the death realm does not leave when you leave it stays here walk out in newness of life walk out in the abundant life that Jesus paid for you have that right Jesus said the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy maybe that's the devil maybe the thief is what comes in by any other way but but by the sheepfold that's what Jesus said he said but I am come not I will come, not I have come, I am come. There was two things. He was identifying himself as the I am, and it is he in the ever-present now. That means if it was said 2,000 years ago, he would say I am, and it's said in 2020, I am. I am come that you might have life, engage for it, and that you might have it more abundantly. How many people are ready to live the abundant life? Come and engage. Zachary, you need to be up here. answers and God's going to give them to you. Come engage. I wouldn't do that to everybody, but that's my Godson. I can do it with him and my nephew, and he better do what I say. You need clarity. You need direction, Zachary, and you're not going to get it from any other source but him, so engage. those of you that are up here that can hear me engage in this present you might just be soaking that's okay but I want you to open your mouth and declare what you believe the spirit is saying to you whatever you walked up here for to have a release from the but God say it I walked up sick but God is going to cause me to leave in health I may have walked up broken but God is going to cause me to leave healed and restored I may or whatever it is engage begin to open your mouth and declare nothing happens in this realm until a declaration is made Even light didn't come until God spoke it. That's the way this realm works. So open your mouth and say something. 
This is the best Sunday to do it. It's the first Sunday of 2020. Go ahead and set the precedent right now. I'm going to engage his presence, and I'm going to walk into the fullness of what God has called me into in 2020. I've been knocked off course before, but God. breaks loose, all heaven breaks with it. That's okay. All hell broke loose, all heaven broke with it. Thank you for a praying man of God. Thank you for increase and influence for him this year and his family. God's going to make you stand back up again this year, Vicky. And you've been attacked so hard because the prophetic is on your life. It has been since you were a little girl. It never left. He had never left. you into a new day into a new dimension of his presence a new dimension of his glory in fact I call it forth today every empty place in your heart and life is being filled right now with the glory of God I'm going to cause you to come out of the background this year you've been faithful in the background but because you've been faithful I'm going to promote you and you're going to be seen more this year than you've ever been seen before because you've always been careful to give me the glory you always will be careful to give me the glory I'm going to give you a new dimension of glory to release upon the earth
but God here. And it, it, it doesn't look like what it looks like for a whole lot of people, for most people. But God's put you right where you are so that you can have influence right where you are. I don't have influence there except but through you, but you do. And whatever that is, you have that influence. And you, not that you're trying, but you couldn't run from the glory of God if you tried. Everywhere you go drips with his presence and drips with his glory. And there's going to be an increase this year. And because of what you did and the seeds that you sowed this past year that nobody really knows about but that you and I know about, there's going to be a harvest come upon you and your family this year. Wait and see. It's coming this year. This is your year to stand back up. Is he going to say something to me or is he not going to say anything to me? Yep, he's going to say this is your year to stand back up. Every tear that you've cried, I've bottled it up. And this morning I'm going to pour it back out on the earth. This year I'm going to mend your broken heart. I've heard every time that you've cried, I've seen you up late at night crying. I haven't forgotten you. I didn't forget you then. In 2020, I'm going to cause you to stand back up. You're stronger than you thought you were. And when you're weak, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. It's okay to be weak. Your Heavenly Father stands up strong inside of you. But in 2020, you're going to stand back up. Because you've got a word in your mouth and you've got a family that I've put into the earth. prophetic arrow and they're going to shoot in all different directions but everywhere they go they're going to take my prophetic word of life you have not failed and your best days are not behind you 2020 you stand back up
said, if one lion can roar and it be heard five miles, what would happen if 150 lions all roared together? It'd shake the ground of a community. That's what's going to happen. We're going to do it together, banded together in unity. What a word. Thank you for that. <laughs> unity in the community. during worship this morning I heard knocking it was loud knocking and it sounded like it was coming from that door right there and I thought Lord what is that knocking and I thought it was something in the natural for just a minute and then realized that there's people that are knocking on the door waiting for somebody to open it and the more I listened for the knocking, the louder it became. And the more it just seemed like one of those sci-fi movies or something where there were people everywhere just knocking all around this building. They're waiting. I know that Jesus is the door, but some people don't even realize that's the door that they're knocking on. But they also need somebody to open that door so that they can see Jesus. So I think the Lord has given us a challenge. As the message and everything, it just all ties together. That there are people that are knocking and need you to open the door. So let's be aware. Let's listen for the knock and open that door. Be Jesus to someone. I was reminded yesterday of something that we used to say years and years ago. If each one would reach one. If all of us would just open a door and show them Jesus. There's people out there that are knocking, looking for the answer. And we are that answer. Open the door. Yeah, you might be there but God. You calling them, texting them, going to the house, that might be there but God. You don't know how many people are on the brink. And one little call, one little text, one showing up at the house, one email, one Facebook message could be there but God. to that door of people being brought in that desire to be healed people it's time people are knocking on that door <laughs> and we have the answer it's Jesus we know this we need to share it open the doors in fact I just look at that door and just see it wide open <laughs> anybody else see it wide open thank you Lord Jesus because they're coming open the door be that door for somebody Close your eyes and listen. Can you hear the knock? I believe God is letting us hear a knock. <laughs> oh, Statesville, Arnold County, North Carolina, United States, the door is open. <laughs> the door is open. We welcome you here. <laughs> we want to love you. We want to show you Jesus. We want to show you he's a good, good father. We want to see you healed and whole and walking in hell. The door's open. But God. But God. Thank you, 
They'll come in as much as we're willing to go. They'll come in as much as we're willing to go. Amen. But God, but God, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your kingdom that is established in our hearts. Lord, whether we were spoken to directly or you spoke to us by your spirit, Lord, we feel like we've received your word saying to stand back up again. We acknowledge there has been some death. We acknowledge there has been some loss. But we will not live in it. We will stand back up again because of you. We will not walk into 2020 with grave clothes, but we will walk in the newness of life that you've caused us to walk in. Thank you for new dimensions of glory being released upon this place. Help us to take our personal responsibility, Lord, to reach out, to be the kingdom come. You said the kingdom of God is within us. Help us to take the kingdom to them. They, may, they will be banging the door down, I believe it, but they're only going to come in as much as we're willing to go, Father. Help us. Send us. Send us, Lord, when we're at work, when we're at school, on the road, at the gym, wherever it is that we are, Lord. Help us to be the light. Help us to be salt and light, Lord. Help us to be so full of your glory that they're attracted and need to know what's going on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for provision in this year. For your spirit. I thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.